Welcome back to another episode of Bodies by Brent podcast. I'm your host, Brent Ruska. Been a personal trainer for almost two decades. I'm out here in the Austin, Texas area. We have a very special episode for you this week. This episode of Bodies by Brent podcast will have you reimagining the benefits of strength training and what it can do at the different stages of your life. We are joined this week by the one and only Lauren Bostic. She's an entrepreneur and creator of The Skinny Confidential. She is a mother and is expecting another child soon. I believe she just actually gave birth uh, last Thursday, a week from where I'm recording this. She shares all the benefits she has felt from strength training during her pregnancy. Lauren shares her belief that strength training can benefit everyone and that if you're looking to biohack, you need to start with a strength program. Along with that, we talk about the physical body, we dive into the mental practice of meditation, how she incorporates it into her daily routine. We also talk about entrepreneurship and dating, which is really interesting to get her take on it. Uh, she sets a wealth of information, and it's such a fun episode. Super grateful to have her on the podcast. She's an amazing client, an amazing human being, uh, and very grateful. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and please leave a review five stars, subscribe. And if you want podcasts sent directly to you, simply text 512-488-4223. Again, that's 512-488-4223 to get all the podcasts sent directly to you each week so you don't ever miss an episode. All right, guys, let's dive in to this week. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, are you 36 weeks, 37? I am 38. 38? Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm done. <laughs> you're done. I'm done. Yeah. This is a lot, you yeah. know. Yeah. And you're still showing up every workout, giving 100%, not complaining. It's it's very impressive. I don't know if I'm not complaining. I think I complained to you. I feel you like I You think so? Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like it. it. The energy doesn't feel like complaining to me. It's just self-deprecating and making fun of myself because this is absurd that women have to do this yeah. and you guys sit around doing nothing. I know. Training a lot of pregnant women, being here in Texas, I have a newfound respect. And I know there's these three words that you hate. And I think probably every pregnant woman hates. You're almost there. Oh, my God. It's the worst. Why? <laughs> because it's like telling someone, I told you this the other day, with the stomach flu, like, you only have two more weeks with this. It's it's not the stomach flu, but it's like that's the the hurt like the hurdle of it. It's not like oh you're almost there, you're two weeks away. It's also like if someone's on a a treadmill. I don't know how to say that word. People get mad at me. You know, someone's like oh you're almost there, but you have to walk for two weeks on it. <laughs> Fucking brutal. Yeah, it's and you brutal. and you have a pregnancy plan. I wanted to hear about this. Yeah, fill me in on that. A very specific. You mean like a birth plan? Birth plan. There you go. Birth plan. I birth know. Plan. Michael gets him. I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> I just. I. I talked about this on. On. Uh, I did an episode about Zaza. I had like a very specific birth plan, but I also think it's important to be fluid and flexible because you don't know what's going to happen. You could have a C-section. You could have complications. There's a lot that can go wrong. So I think there's like an in-between of like surrendering, mm -hmm. which you love to talk about because you're so helpful with me with telling me to surrender, but also putting like requirements. For instance, not having interns and residents in the room. For me, that was a big one because my first pregnancy, there was interns in the room and it was so distracting when you're trying to do something that's so intense. I mean, it's like 
Would you want interns and residents at your ayahuasca ceremony? No. Yeah. <laughs> Get these fucking people out of here. <laughs> yeah. You got to manage the energy a little bit. So I think having that written down, like if you want people in the room or, you know, you can you can request this is so random, but you can request to have the umbilical cord pumping longer to what, the baby. Why, why? It's really good for the baby. Okay. So you can say like, instead of cutting it, you know, they cut it right away. It's like you can have it pump longer. Oh, cool. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good for the baby. Lots of benefits. And then also like doing skin to skin right away. So sometimes they'll take the baby away to give it a bath. Like for me, I, I want the baby not to have a bath. I think all that, that that, from what I've read and people I've talked to, like having all of that good bacteria from your vagina on the baby is really good for the baby. I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And are you doing anything with the placenta? I'm eating that placenta. I would eat it. If I would eat a <laughs> fucking hamburger, I'm taking the pill though. <laughs> yeah. Taking the pill. I'm doing the placenta. Yeah. Do you have somebody that you're going to use to grind it up or? Yeah. There's someone that, so I guess like, this is the thing you, you deliver the baby and you're like, I'm done. No, you have to deliver the placenta too. Oh, interesting. They don't tell you that. No. So then you have to push the placenta out that comes out and who, I don't know what that looks like. I wasn't down there. Um, but then they have someone who they like put it in a cooler and someone comes and picks the cooler up and makes it into pills. Damn. It's really good for hormones. And it's actually, this is so random. It's really good to keep some in the freezer for when your daughter, if you have a daughter mm-hmm. is older during puberty. Why? Because I guess it helps your daughter go through puberty. Does it have stem cells? Is it what? What do you know? What's know. in it? Yeah, you have to look it up. It makes sense. I'm sure you know we've been doing it for centuries, and then we just stopped. We were just chucking it away. Did you do that with your last daughter? Yep, I ate it, ground it up, had a little little thing that said placenta. My thing is is there's every animal on the planet eats their placenta, so there's something going on that's primal. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And if you if you can do it, and like I don't see what the con would be yeah i don't see any con to it either unless you're eating it like you're not if you're going to eat it like within meatballs and your spaghetti like yeah. maybe that's not going to change some it. hannibal lecter shit yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i just took a capsule so it was fine yeah it makes sense what have some of the things you've done this pregnancy that have made a big difference versus your last pregnancy oh my god so many things you being like the main one i i i did pilates my first pregnancy the whole time which was great but I didn't have any kind of strength training. And now I've realized the importance of strength training. And that's totally thanks to you. So I, we're strength training like three to four days a week. I think that has made such a difference. I actually got weighed at the doctor's office today. And my first pregnancy, I gained 60 pounds. And this one, I think I'm on track to gain like 30. That's a big difference. That's amazing. What else, what else have you noticed with strength training? I've noticed what I've noticed about my body is it's it like shrink wraps. So like before with my first pregnancy, I sort of felt like, like jelly, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Like jello. Yeah. Soft. Yeah. And this one, (laughs) I feel like definitely more tight. I listen, I still have gained weight. I'm not feeling the hottest I've ever felt. Like, let's get real. This isn't like sexy for me. Totally. But at least it's, it's been easier on my body because of the strength training. But most importantly, I think it's going to be easier to bounce back. Yes, it's definitely going to be easier to bounce back. Also giving birth, because if you think about contractions and full body contractions, I'm speaking from not knowing, but I, you can tell me it's a full body workout. I imagine giving birth, having to squeeze and contract everything. 
the stronger you are and the more endurance you have, the less fatiguing it's going to be, right? You're preparing for this physical event, right? And yes, quicker you're going to be able to bounce back to the body you want. Exactly. I think it's it's like what I've learned about weight training and strength training from you is it's so it's so good for you. And it's really something that has all the benefits. And it's almost I almost want to say it's a one size fits all like everyone wouldn't hurt from adding weights. I agree. Yeah. And different rep ranges, different weights, but some kind of resistance for sure. Strength training. You sent me a uh, Instagram Twitter post today was like uh, biohack lift weights. And it's so true. And the guy that wrote that, Max, like Lagavere. Okay, yeah. He's amazing. And he just knows his shit. And he wrote about all the benefits, like just improves your mood, serotonin, release. I think a lot of sex drive, a lot of women get it messed up because they're like, I don't want to bulk up. Mm -hmm. And I think that that if you do it in a way where maybe you do higher reps and lower weights, you won't bulk up. You just tighten up. But I think that for me, before weightlifting, I was like so scared because I thought, oh, my God, it's going to raise my cortisol. Mm-hmm. But I realized I was mixing like Barry's boot camp up with weightlifting and it's different. I don't walk out of working out no. with you dripping sweat. Yeah. The difference is when you're doing Orange Theory or whatever, your heart rate is at that like super hot 80 percent max zone. So you're fatiguing like crazy. And then you have all this adrenaline pumping through your system. And then if you're doing this, what, three, four, five days a week. I had a client yesterday said she was going on vacation. She's like, should I do orange theory? I was like, if it's for a week, it's fine. She was like, when I did orange theory a lot, I gained a lot of weight actually. And you know, I think what it can happen, can happen to a lot of women too, is because they're doing such high intensity and creating such a, a caloric deficit and having all of this high cortisol and adrenaline, they get super hungry and you actually end up overeating. You end up eating way too many carbs. And so then you end up gaining weight. That's exactly why I was scared. I thought, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to sweat and I'm going to get all this belly fat from being stressed. And also, I don't want to be yelled at when I'm working out. Like working out for me, there's so many different layers. Like it's therapeutic. It's a release. I get clarity. Like I don't want to be yelled at. And I also don't want to hear gangster rap on volume 800. That's cortisol producing too. I just don't get, I don't get it. I also hate working in gyms like that. I've worked in so many (laughs) gyms where it's like, it's a club. Everyone's jacked up on rockstar energy drinks and you're yelling in your client's ear. It's like, no one wants to be in there. Simple, peaceful. I feel like we, we, Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova. We listen to uh, fucking Christmas music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like during Bossa Nova Christmas, Christmas music. Yeah. I just think, it was a vibe. yeah, no, you have the incense going. Like that's, I think you also have to like pick whatever your energy is because totally. Michael will come into the gym and he'll be like, you know, let's listen to, I don't know what you guys listen when to. When it's just me and him, it's metal. Oh, it is. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. What about you and Weston? Uh, I don't, I don't. I don't know. Maybe metal. I don't think we've done any too many one-on-ones, so I, I can't remember. I bet you he would like Hermanos. Yeah? Yeah, I think he'd like Hermanos. Oh, interesting. Cool. I, I could be wrong. Everyone's on different wavelengths. Yeah. Okay, so weight training. What else? I know meditation is a huge piece to just your daily life. How has that affected your uh, pregnancy? I never meditated. I thought it was cliche. Everyone's like, I meditate. And I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Here and there. Breath work. Yeah. And then I interviewed Melissa Wood Health, who I love. Yeah. And she was just, she just kept raving about the benefits of meditation. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this for five minutes just when, to see. When did you start? 
I started literally the day that I decided. So I decided to do 70 days sober. Yeah. And when I started that, I started meditating. And then in the 70 days, I got pregnant. Yep. So so it trans it transcended into the pregnancy. And I so I started like 70 days before I got pregnant. And I started with five minutes and then worked it up to 10, worked it up to 15. And then my body started like wanting it. And then I got to 25 minutes and I do the same meditation every single day. I put my legs up on the wall so I can drain my ankles. I'm really into like habit stacking. So like I'll put toe stretchers on. I'll put my legs. They're so good. They they also make your feet attractive. Everyone needs toe stretchers. Yeah. You don't want janky, weird cross toe. That's not a cute look. No. Toe stretchers are a move. No. And then when you flex and extend your toes, it feels great. It's like a massage for your feet. There's it's so good. Everyone needs toe stretchers. Yeah. Tell me about your meditation. I know some people do visualizations. They listen to a visualization. Some people just focus on breath. You know, what's your go-to? I do Joe Dispenza. It's a morning meditation. And why I like it is it's people are living in the past, he says. So you're, you're constantly replaying the past. And what his meditation is, is meditate on the future. And don't just meditate on the future. Meditate on a big future. So let's say you want to sell your company for $5 million up it to 10 million in your meditation. Yeah, Let's cool. say you want the body of your dreams up it to like, you want to be 17 with, with, you know, a skirt up your ass and like, like just make it like, yeah. so it's so cr- like the craziest future you can imagine. Which you recently bought $500 worth of 17 yes. year old. <laughs> I <laughs> bought, I went and bought $500 worth of clothes in yeah. The size that I want my body to be in. It's not even about a size or like Mm -hmm. a weight. It's like, I just want to feel my absolute best at this stage in my life. And I'm not going to subscribe to the theory that because I'm a certain age or because I'm a mom that I have to like change that. I don't care what age I am, what stage I'm in in life. Like this is what I'm doing. And when I meditate every morning, one of the things on my list, there's many, it could be doing a charity. It could be your relationship with your father, your relationship with your husband, whatever it is. I meditate on that. And one of those things is I'm going to fit in to this and this is how I want to feel. And this is how I want to look. And I think that's really helped me through this pregnancy. It's like planning and mapping out my future. I have done more in these meditations than I've I mean, I get so much done. I'm sitting there just meditating on my future and creating it and manifesting it. And there's something that it puts out there, like a frequency that I feel like works. So I love meditation now. I look forward to it. Like I said, I habit stack it. You could do a crystal eye mask. You can hold a crystal. You gave me a crystal to hold, mm-hmm. the pregnancy crystal. Put toe stretchers on. Put, I put like a bed of nails under me sometimes, those like acupressure. You could put like a red light on you, habit stack, all these things. And I, I put CBD on my back. Like, so when I get out of this meditation, I'm like ready to go. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, you're programming yourself also to look for the things you want, not what you don't want. Right. So you're going to attract them. Right. Because you're now digging it into your subconscious. I heard somebody, it's like a TikTok the other day. Um, the reason a lot of people aren't successful is they write down all their goals, but they don't let it sink into their subconscious because that's the thing that takes the action. That's the thing that really creates your reality, right? And that's what you're doing is you're getting into your subconscious and you're programming it with this is what do I, this is what do I expect to happen. 
A hundred percent. It also makes me less reactive. Mm-hmm. I'm not as sensitive. I can be sensitive to energy sometimes, which like something I need to work on. I'm not as sensitive. I'm I'm a little bit. Um, I also notice that I'm I'm comfortable with myself. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to prove anything to anyone because I sit in silence for 25 minutes and I'm able to just give myself what I need as opposed to look for outside validation. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're also not changing who you are for fear of, you know, people's reaction to you. You're at peace with just you. So you're like, you can take me or leave me, right? Exactly. So I don't want to get preachy about it because people can get preachy about it. But Mm -hmm. I just, if you're looking for something to make you less reactive, less attracted to chaos, drama, if you notice yourself like picking up the phone for the friend that's going to like project their chaos onto you. Like it's just helped me like really zone in on what I want for my life. And I think sitting in silence, like the art is so, it's so lost. It's like the, we're always on the phone. We're always creating content. We're always on, we're always if to not be able to sit in silence at all. And I know you take walks and maybe that's your form of meditation, walking meditation, but putting the phone away and just being like, no, I'm taking this for myself. Exactly. And what has your nutrition been like? I feel like you've been really killing it with that. I just stuffed my face with the taco in front of you. I know, but you just, it was in the last couple of days you decided to indulge a little. I mean, you've been so good. I don't know about so good. Kiwis and, you know, chia seeds for breakfast. I mean, that's killer. Yeah. You could easily be getting croissants and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been good. I've, I've been good this pregnancy because I feel like you were, it was challenging before you got pregnant. You were really trying to figure out what to eat, what not to eat. Yeah, I was confused because there's so much content that we see all the time of the podcast and the blog. It's like, we, you just don't yeah, what, even know where to start. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, um, I think meditation too. I'm able to think about what I'm putting in my body. Mm-hmm. Like in the morning, I sit there and spend two minutes in my meditation thinking, okay, what am I going to eat today to make me feel good? And what I've tried to do is stick to the same thing every day. And a lot of that is because Eric from the Flexible Diet Coach, who Mm. you know. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, he like helped me sort of like balance out what I like. And what I realized is for me, this pregnancy, it's fruit in the morning first because it digests easy. Uh, Maybe like a celery juice too. I'm eating a lot of kiwi, a lot of tangerines, a lot of seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds. I work out with you or I take a walk. And then after that, I immediately will go home and I'll do Ariel Lore's protein oats. And that's two huge scoops of protein with like a fourth cup of oatmeal and chia seeds and hemp seeds and just all the seeds mm-hmm. and almond milk. And that's been really great because I'm like full from that. Mm-hmm. And then lots of bone broth. Like I'll do spirulina smoothies with a bunch of different berries and, and um, vegetables. I've eaten a lot of lentil pasta. It's one ingredient pasta. It's by the brand Tolerant Mm. and it just has lentils in it and it's so much protein and so much fiber. So that's been a go-to with a rouse tomato sauce. Have not eaten out a lot this pregnancy, which I think my first pregnancy I did a lot of. Yeah. That's eating, not eating out is huge because you can't control much when you eat out, even if it's quote unquote healthy even going to like sweet greens or a salad place, you know, it all adds up over time. You know, you're getting like 800 calorie salad and that's not helpful, even if it's quote unquote healthy. A hundred percent. The only thing I think that I found that's really healthy here where I can get it a lot is Sun Life, which you and I yeah, eat a lot. Yeah, love it. Tell me your Sun Life order. 
two orders. One, let me get out my phone because it's obnoxious. One is the acai bowl with granola on the side because I don't like when the granola sits in the acai and gets wet. And I'll, <laughs> yeah. I don't want all the granola. I just want yeah. like a couple bites to get the the carbon. And then I also like the celery with lemon and ginger. And then I love their bone broth, the Khalil style bone broth. You cannot go wrong. It's so good. It's, it's spicy. So good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And it's I just feel like bone broth in general is so healthy. Great for the gut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just get like a smoothie with spirulina, water as the base, ice, blueberries, raspberries, chia seed, flaxseed, bee pollen, and romaine, celery, and cucumber. And I do not do kale because it's not good for my thyroid. Yeah. Too many raw, dark green vegetables are not great for thyroid. Yeah. I try. I've been trying to avoid that. Yeah. You're doing a good job. Um, but I do have indulgences. I don't want anyone to think like sourdough toast with the dough, like Nutella spread or sourdough toast with butter, sourdough toast with the avocados, like sourdough toast. But I noticed that I have less indulgences since taking magnesium Yeah, every night. And that, I, I think it's like, it's like a chocolate craving maybe. That's super interesting. I know you're big on minerals. Can you tell me a little bit about your supplement routine at the moment? Uh, that's been another thing that I've really like zoned into this pregnancy. I love Symbiotica, the little packets. I eat those all the time. Yeah. Chlorophyll. Um, I take Ritual Prenatal. I take Just Thrive Probiotic. I take magnesium every single night because it's the only thing that relieves the heartburn. And I think that taking magnesium, I've realized if you don't, if you're low on magnesium, you crave sugar. That's super interesting. So that's why I think I've craved less sugar. Yeah. Minerals are super important. You recommended a mineral brand to me because I was trying to get off coffee. What was that? Get off my acids. Get off my acids. Yeah. Yeah. I still got to pick that up. Dr. Daryl needs to come on your podcast. Yeah. I would love that. I would, I would love to have. Yeah. He would, he would love you. Something else we always talk about in our sessions is dating, women in dating. <laughs> uh oh, this is a plot twist. <laughs> and I want to know, you know, what is the biggest mistake women are making when it comes to dating and finding their guy? I feel like I can speak on this because I, I talk to women all day long for what I do. And I really talk to them like in DMs and emails and all different kinds of things. And then I also have this other perspective where a lot of my friends are men. And I grew up with a father who was single for a big part of my life. So I got to see his dating repertoire, mm -hmm. which was like wild. He was like definitely a ladies Yeah, because you had this amazing dad and you're like, what is he attracted to? Yes. What does he consider a quality woman? I really got to see the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like I got to see what's behind the curtain and how, what is, what, what turned him off. And then I have realized that it's very similar common denominators between all my friends. Okay. And I think the number one thing that turns men off. And this is if we're just speaking with men and women, but you could apply this to business too. And, and doesn't matter if you're straight or gay, whatever you are. I think the number one thing is desperate energy, desperate energy. Yeah. No one wants to be around anyone who is desperate energy. It's, it's a turnoff. And I think, you know, those, those cats, they're called like Sphinx. What are they called? Sphinx. Yeah. They're very much like come to me. There's an energy that the, yeah. those, uh, is it a cat? I don't know. It's a cat, I think. Yeah. 
give off this energy that's not desperate. It's very, it's a confident postural, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but you know what I'm talking about when I say it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that if more people gave off that kind of energy, that they were just really comfortable with themselves, I think it would attract what they want in anything. I think in general, this is my opinion, women are very feline-esque, you know, in the sense that you can't just run up to a cat and you kind of need to embody kind of like that cat, like you kind of like toy with somebody, you know, you kind of keep your distance. Uh, this kind of goes for guys trying to date a female, you know, they need to, you know, don't just run up and overwhelm, you know, and there's this balance and the cattle kind of come to you, kind of go away. You got to pick up on the energy, right? It's, it's so important. If the cat just run, you don't want to be like a dog. It's <laughs> so bad to say, but you don't want to just be like, hi, 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 jump in my lap. Or beg at the door. Yeah, exactly. You want to just kind of like play the distance, rub on the leg, run away, you know? Also, th there's an art of patience. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I feel like we live in this world now where it's like, you don't have to do anything right away. And if I was dating a man right now, he would really understand that. Like, I don't, you don't need to kiss me right away. You don't need to fuck me right away. Yep. Like you don't get to come over to my house right away. You don't get access to that part of my life right away. I don't care how much I like you. Like, I think there's like a, uh, I think there's something to be said about being patient. Too. Guys also guys love that. It drives them. Fu it's like pheromones it drives them fucking crazy in a good way. Trust me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They love it. I, you, you've done this to Michael when you first started dating. I was did it for to Michael for Michael. <laughs> Michael, we broke up at 14. He chased me from 14 to um, 21. And I don't think it's because I'm like super special. I just think it's because there's a way, like you said, to like toy with the situation to make it work in your advantage. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. You're kind of weeding out quality guys by doing that. How serious are you? How invested in me are you? You know? And also like absence. Everyone wants to be so present now with social media absence. I would lean into absence with any kind of relationship more than presence. I like that. They say that space creates eroticism. It is the space between that like mystery. So if you give too much up, you kill that eroticism or that desire. I have been with my husband for a hundred years and I still ignore his calls. I still don't answer him. I go, I leave the house when I can tell he needs space. I get out of his way. Like there, it, it doesn't always need to be like, so in people's like bubble. That's so good. What are, what are red flags for women when, you know, dating guys? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Give me three. I don't know. A red flag is that if someone wants to hunt you and, and approach you, they will. Yep. Period. And if they're not doing that, goodbye. Get get the fuck. Like for me, like I, I don't want to be with someone that's not hunting me. Yeah. In business, in friendships, in any also social media, like you don't have to follow me. Don't follow me if you don't like me. I don't. I think that to, to make someone like you, it, people can feel it. So I, I would say if someone is not actively chasing you, like step back, that's a red flag. If someone's not chasing you and that takes patience and discipline. Yeah. You just got to let it be just trust. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll work out. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll definitely work out. I also think like, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking to like get married and, and the person has like 
you can tell by like their dating profile and social media. There's again, like there's something about like women are very smart and their intuition is very savvy, but you have to listen to it. You can tell when a guy is not like ready to settle down. I mean, it's very obvious to me. I don't know. No, I I 100% agree. Is there a certain date when a woman should have sex with a guy? I think everyone's different. Okay. Like you got to do what works for you. But not the first date. If the first date works for you, like pop your puss. Great. Okay. For me, I'm going to dangle that carrot and that card for as long as fucking possible. I mean, I remember making a boyfriend wait like six months and we were like dating, like dating, hanging out a lot. And I just feel like that worked for me. That's not for everyone. Obviously, some people, you know, have sex when you want to have sex. But don't have sex because you feel like it'll make someone like you more because that never works. No, it, de- it definitely doesn't. It, as a guy, you start to lose interest a little bit. It, it's not a very effective strategy. One of my friends said the other day, every time I come, I'm over it. Wow. Like right after that. And there, there's like maybe something with men where that can happen. So I think not that that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But I just think be smart. And also, like I said, like still play a little. I, I love playing little games with Michael. I'll <laughs> never. Uh, and every again, my way is not for everyone. I'm not totally. saying this. Is everyone should do this. I'm just saying yeah. I think in a marriage that it's still important to maintain that space and 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 that um, sphinx. Is it sphinx? <laughs> Sphincter? not sphinx sphinx <laughs> like sphinx, a, a cat a sphinx like, cat like yeah. a sphinx cat like yeah. still maintain that yeah i got it like he doesn't get access to me all the time and i don't mean like with sex i just mean like he doesn't get access so, like sometimes it creates I, desire yeah like it i'll go uh, i'll go on a trip for three days and like it's don't call him like take take a minute like he can see what life's like without me in certain ways that's super smart there's a book called mating in captivity with esther perel and she talks a lot about space to keeping that that energy, which is super good strategy. You've just known this from a very young age. I blame my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> That's awesome. I just get to see all different kinds of girls and the woman he end, ended up with is like very like come to me. You can come to me. Do you have any other tips for women dating? I would say confidence is really important. Mm-hmm. And confidence is not someone anyone can give you. It's something that's an inward, like introspection thing. If the foundation of the confidence is off, that can go into a relationship. I also would say that um, men, men are very different than women. And sometimes we project our sex onto them. And we're different. Mm -hmm. And so understanding those differences, I think, is really important. And understanding men and women are, as far as emotions and sex, we're different. What would you say is the biggest thing that's different about men that women should know? I think men are very simple when it comes down to it. And I know that's said a lot, but they are very simple. And I agree. There's a lot of common denominators. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we overcomplicate them. And it's just not that complicated. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple. Feed me, give me some compliments, <laughs> sleep with me. <laughs> We're pretty good to go. Yeah. Or don't sleep with you and make you like 
wait for sweat. it and then sleep with yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> like make them sweat as much as possible and make it a game. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you've been this incredible entrepreneur. I mean, you've had the skinny for how long? 13 years. Thank you. That's very nice. No, it's absolutely incredible. You're a powerhouse entrepreneur. And I want to talk to you about what have been some of the biggest struggles you've overcome along the way to building everything you've built? I didn't make a dime for three years and I blogged seven days a week. Wow. Not one dime. How did you keep motivation doing that? I knew I was building a brand and this goes back to like patience too. And I knew that I wasn't doing it like my intention to start wasn't just make money. It was like, how do I build a brand slowly, methodically, purposefully and create a foundation don't worry about the money right now. Just worry about providing the audience with value. That's all I cared about. And I think that the money comes when, when you do that. But I think the secret sauce is the execution. Mm. Everyone has ideas. Mm-hmm. Everyone has huge ideas. They have small ideas, but people don't execute. I hear this all the time. You know, I'll hang out with people and be like, oh, I have this. I want to start a podcast. I want to do this thing. And you're like, okay, fucking do it. Right? I don't talk about it anymore. I don't talk about what I want to do. I just do it because it's like you talk is like kind of cheap. Mm -hmm. It's like I respect people that go and do and it's not going to be perfect right away. I mean, mine was nothing was perfect about when I first launched it, but it's about showing up consistently and executing on what you want, but also really refining the attention or the intention. If you're like doing this podcast right now to just make money, it's not going to resonate. Well, you'll never, you know, in my opinion, the reason I do this is because I get high from it. I literally get high from it. Right. And I also want to experience the journey of getting better at something as if you're taking dance classes or martial art or learning a language, you have those moments where you're, you're noticing mastery develop. And you get into this flow state and that's the high that is so good. So you're like, if I do this for 10 years, what is the high that I can achieve if I just stay with it? A hundred percent. And there's a great book you just mentioned mastery called mastery by Robert Greene. And it's all about that. It's about everyone. Like I noticed too, with podcasts, like they'll launch a podcast and then they'll quit after 50 episodes or a hundred episodes. And Mm -hmm. it's a pattern. What if you just took it to 200 and then 300 and then 400 you're going to keep getting better. Like you said, you're going to keep getting better guests because you leverage the guests you have on to get better ones. I mean, I just think that, that, that there's something about not giving up so easily and 50 episodes is a lot, but 5,000 is a lot too. Can you imagine like the difference is, is big. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine what, what, how many episodes are you at now? You've been doing it for six years, right? I think we're at 550 episodes, but Joe Rogan's at 10,000. I think. Wait, maybe, excuse me, maybe he's at, no, I I think he's at something crazy. And I look at that and I'm just like, look at what he's created over just showing up, putting the work in. I mean, obviously he is talented too. You want to lean into what you're talented at. So the thing that I see, people will be like, I want to do a podcast, but audios maybe not the right format for them. Maybe it's writing. Mm -hmm. Or they'll want to write a blog, but they're way more, they're better on a mic or a beautiful model that's used to being on camera will want to do a podcast, but maybe her outlets modeling. Like you have to figure out the platform. That's like, I, I feel like you're really good too at TikTok. Okay. You think so? Yeah. 
you're really good at podcasting and TikTok. Those are like good outlets for you. You have to find the outlet that you're good at. And then, you know, say six, seven years in, was there another big struggle you had to overcome? You know, I imagine there was a lot of bumps along the way, a lot of challenges. Tons of bumps. I've had so many bumps. I mean, I've had, you know, things with with business partners and I've had little fires. I went from being a solopreneur to an entrepreneur. So I'm working for myself for four years and then I had to bring on a team. And like, I was like, I don't know how to be a boss, a leader. Um, Managing people is very difficult. You're managing lots of different personalities. As you grow, there's growing pains of like adding like an HR or adding, you know, paycheck. Like there's just a QuickBooks, all these different things that you have to add to scale a business. I think what's worked for me is listening to the audience. I, I I always am have my finger on the pulse with my audience. So whether that's in DMs or talking with them or asking questions, engaging, I'm I'm I don't look at analytics really. I I look at um, energy and and the intuition of my audience, and they'll guide me. So even with like with my product, like I I could tell there was like a need for something that was really fucking cold on their face that was going to depuff them and snatch them like that. Everything is like very community driven, um, but that might not work for everyone. Like people might want to look at analytics. You have to do what works for you. Yeah. And I imagine mindset's huge because as you come up to these new chapters, a lot of fear probably comes up. You have to work through those things. And I think that may be something that stops a lot of people along their journey. And it seems like that's something you're very good at, you know, to be able to continually have these new things come up and be like, I'm just going to do it anyways and be okay learning. I have to be honest with you. I thought about this the other day about fear and putting myself out there. It's it causes me more fear to not put myself out there. Wow. But that is a personality trait that I was born with. I'm an oversharer. Like for me, it would cause me severe anxiety to not be on a mic. Like it's just it's my personality. But again, that the person who like if you're creating something, you have to zone in on what that is for you. You look at like someone like Robert Greene, who's written like 10 amazing bestselling books, like for that he knows his medium, it's writing. So I think finding your medium and knowing that and knowing that the choice is you're either going to be more fearful that you didn't do it. That's what you should do, whatever that is. Yeah, totally. You know, with with having, you know, your husband be your entrepreneurial partner, how do you balance a real intimate relationship and then a business relationship? I know I have a lot of listeners who are very curious about that. It's very hard. It's very, very hard to balance both. But but it's also really rewarding. I think um, people think that him and I work together all day long. We do not. Like, I, I almost can't speak to this fully because he works on Dear Media and I work on Skinny Confidential. We're not working together unless we're podcasting together. And podcasting is like you're going out to dinner with someone. So it's kind of, in a way... I mean, it's work, but it's more like we're going out to lunch or dinner with someone together. I can't imagine working with your significant other all day long. I don't think I would like that. And people have a misconception that we do work together all day long. We don't. He is like someone who's very much a visionary. He's very logical. He's very practical. He's very tactical. He's very strategic. And I'm someone who leans in more to the creative the vision. And also, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a very like long road type of person. He gets things done quicker. So it's a good team, but we do not work together all day long. So I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that. That makes a lot of sense. We work out together. 
<laughs> I don't know. How's that? <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> we can be competitive a little bit. What have been some of the habits that have really helped you in developing your business to be successful? The things that have stuck with you that have allowed you to achieve everything you've achieved? One of them is you having having an accountability partner to show up and work out and being able to have space for myself every single day is so important. Like it's non-negotiable. I don't care. But before I get on calls, I have to have clarity in a workout and having someone to be like, you have to show up is important. That could be taking a walk around the lake, but like having the accountability person, that's really helpful. And I also think it gives you space. We're in this culture right now where it's like hustle, hustle, hustle. I have to use my toolbox before I, I will crank workout and I will do two days in one. And I will, I mean, I've told you like, I'll do 20 yesterday. I had like 25 conference calls. I'll do that. I also have to have the space around that. And whether that's meditating, breath work, walking, taking breaks in between the day, like eating healthy, connecting with someone that I like a friend, taking walks, getting in nature. Like I have to have those things so I can be successful in my business. And if I don't, then I run out of gas. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. What would you say now that you've podcast for six years and you've met all of these specialists and professionals in their field, what would you say, you know, are the biggest lessons you've learned when it comes to just living your own life? I think that what I've realized through podcasting is that the most valuable thing for me is to have a flexible mind and understanding that everyone has a story and everyone has a reason of why they do things and to take a minute and understand that story without judgment and be flexible with the judgment is super important. I think so quickly we're like putting people in a box on social media or we're canceling them for this or that, but we don't have any context around the story. It reminds me of like a headline without reading the article and diving deep and researching it. So through the podcast, I've learned to be flexible, try to come into situations without judgment and to really not be reactive, to just listen to other people's viewpoints. I love that so much. So what is the future of Skinny Confidential? Like, what do you, because you're a visionary, where do you envision it going? Or are you a little bit more in the moment and just kind of take steps as they come, as creative ideas go? Or do you have like a, a big grand vision? I'm a Gemini, so I definitely have a huge vision and it's definitely mapped out and it's very strategic and like the launch of the products and like how I want things to go. But at the same time, I also can be fluid with it. So knowing when to pivot, knowing when to be flexible, knowing not to get stuck in the mud with things like there was a product that we were going to launch and and it wasn't the right time. So I was like, okay, let's push this out. Like I'm, I'm able to be fluid with it, but I also am very much like, I want to see like the, I want to see the, the road. Um, definitely more products, products that, that, that the audience will want and want to display. Like nice. it's not going to be something that they put in their drawer, more books, you know, the book I'm writing right now. Yeah. Um, books like it's not even about the money or anything it's just about putting out something that like my kids can read i love that well like you said your intention with all of this began with giving pe giving to people serving people that's that's yeah, the I would main do the podcast intention. for free yeah i mean i love it i really i really love being a resource yeah 
I get in tr- I can get in trouble though. That's why I have Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good balance. Yeah, it's a good balance. It's a super good balance. Well, Lauren, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. You were on our podcast. You're coming back on our podcast, but without me. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I yeah. can't wait. That's yeah. gonna be awesome. Michael's was bragging about how you guys are gonna do a podcast together. Yeah, we're gonna bro out. <laughs> yeah, you guys are gonna talk about all the benefits because Michael's body's completely changed because of you. Yeah, he's done an amazing job. Oh my God, he's. I mean. Like amazing. And I just want to say if anyone's in Austin and they're listening, they have to go work out with Brent. He has changed my body to to the differences between these pregnancies are like enormous. And Michael's body, Michael's looking like the best he's ever fucking looked. Which is very difficult while you're pregnant. I, I mean, can't even imagine. I'm like free willy over here. He's looking <laughs> he's looking so good. Yeah, he's crushing it. Yeah. And you've changed his body. So if you guys are in Austin. I'm just giving you a pitch. I love it. Hit up Brent. And if you like Brent, act like a sphinx. Sphincter. (laughs) Sphincter. All right. And as you would say, pimp yourself out. Any products you would want to recommend. I'm at Lauren Bostick and at The Skinny Confidential. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Brent. That was such a fun episode. I got to record that out at Deer Media here in downtown Austin, super fun being in the studio. Also, super fun being on the journey of Lauren's pregnancy uh, through her training. I've learned a lot just from her experience, and I continue to learn a lot. So I'm very grateful that she got to be on the episode. Hopefully, you guys got a lot out of this. And again, always feel free to shoot me comments or messages at 512-488-4223 or anything you want answered or topics you want covered on future episodes. Also by texting 512-488-4223, you will get podcasts sent directly to you. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And hopefully these episodes are starting to help change your life for the better. I'll see you guys next week.